Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Swerve, we've got Hangman Page, we've got Wardlow, maybe we've kind of still got Hook, but who is next for Samoa Joe? <coughs> hmm. do, you some, do you want some water? I think that's the noise Suzuki made to Copeland oh. when he was like, shake my hand. <coughs> I'm Ollie Davis, I'm joined by Luke Owen, DAD, welcome to the AEW Dynamite Review Podcast. If you haven't already, please... Press the thumbs up button. Give us a subscribe. Leave a comment down below with what you thought of this episode and send in your Omega chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support while we uh, will read out every single one over five US dollars before the end of the show. Do a little subscriber push here because we are just over a thousand or so, about 1200 away from hitting our 85,000 target that we're currently aiming for. So mm. get involved, everyone. Please do help us reach that target. Let's we'll do be... it for the rumble. Let's do it for the rumble. Come yeah, come on. Let's use the rumble as a big driver. So we. this was a bit of a tricky episode to package around because in the most kind way, nothing happened. This felt like Tony Khan thought that the Royal Rumble was on Wednesday night and was like, look, there's no point in me trying to build a really good show that people are going to talk about because everyone's going to be talking about the Royal Rumble. It's like, no, Tony, that's on Saturday. That's why you've not tried for Collision either. You've just booked Danielson versus Nagata out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's weird because, you know, going into this episode, I was actually really quite excited. I left the office yesterday. I was like... See you tomorrow for a post Copeland Suzuki world. Yeah. Thinking that would be really good. Well, it was decent. I enjoyed it. Was it was more of an exhibition match. Yeah. Um, Just under 10 minutes, but yeah, it was good. The the tag title match was announced and confirmed on this episode, but you know, that was kind of already. We figured that out weeks ago. Once they said last week, yeah, we're going to. We haven't won the tag titles yet. It was more or less was just. We're now officially going for the tag titles. And they announced that's going to happen in two weeks' time mm. on Dynamite. We got the same sort of steady building of Swerve, Wardlow, and Hangman. You know, re that's, it's really good stuff, I think, but it was just a, a slight progression of, well, they got a few more wins. Yeah. Next week might be the more interesting version. The thing I was most anticipating was, what are they going to do with Hook? Because we have... In the office, we've watched so many great matches this year because we watch a lot of New Japan stuff at lunchtime. Sure do, because we're cool. But I, I still think Samoa Joe versus Hook 
is currently my match of the year. I wrote the exact same thing in the uh, Rust Talk magazine. Uh, I was doing my TV awards, and it was like match of the month. And I was like, Talks versus Samoa Joe. Like, I don't care what Twitter says. <laughs> I said, this is match of the year. This match was awesome. But he didn't sell the muscle buster. <laughs> you hear Samoa Joe talking about that. <laughs> yeah. It was just I like, agree. I, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I think it was disrespectful that he kicked out. I think more people should talk about this match. Joe is actually a genius at yeah. media interviews. When people come and try and like, I'm going to get a good quote out of Joe here. He somehow manages to mind F them <laughs> into writing a really good Joe story. My other favorite one was um, Meltzer on Twitter because someone was like, "It's it buried his finish," and Meltzer was like, "It's clearly not his finish anymore." The joke is because that's how he keeps winning matches. So, seeing how they followed up with Hook, because you know Hook is someone in AEW who has not been followed up that early sort of six months of being over. They've not really followed up on. And agree. one big part of last year was how they someone would get a, a big win and some momentum. And then you wouldn't see them do anything substantial for, for weeks, sometimes months. I think AEW has done that a fair number of times, not even just last year, mm. but even across the year. There's only been like a handful of times I think you can see that they have latched onto something that's got hugely over. Tony Storm is a good example of that. The Acclaimed. Swerve. And Swerve was going to be the other the other one I was going to name. But like I would think those are the three you can point to and be like, that is a company that didn't really have plans for them to be as over as they are mm. and have just latched onto the fact that they are as over, more over than they anticipated and are going with it. Yeah. Do you think they've done the opposite for the Undisputed Kingdom? <laughs> That's why they've pulled back on so many uh, chances of them doing something. I guess so. Or it's just a case of like, well, we can't do the match that we want for, <laughs> for this for probably until Wembley. So we need to hold off and just, you know, they're just the guys now. So Samoa Joe comes out to start the show. I love Joe as champion. Like every time I see him, I like him a little bit more. Feels right. Yeah. And and it feels like vindicated. I feel listened to after 15 years of knowing he could do it. Yeah, yeah. And then WWE can like convince me, well, maybe he can't. Maybe he is a commentator. Yeah. But we all thought that. We thought Joe was a commentator now. He for a long time. He wore a poncho at he WrestleMania. He wore a poncho in the rain at WrestleMania. Yeah. And we thought, this is what Samoa Joe is now. I mean, it makes sense. He's such a good talker. Of course he makes it. Of course he makes the transition to commentary. That's his role now. Do you know what else he could do? General manager bodyguard <laughs> at, in, in NXT. That, that. That, that's what he should be doing with at this stage of his career. So Joe comes out and he reminds everybody, title shots aren't given out anymore. They're earned. And then Hook's music hits. I'm like... Okay, cool. Right. We're immediately picking up where we left last week. Hook Cape comes up to him, shakes his hand and says, um, I lost, you won, something to that effect. And I'll he, be back soon. Yeah. And then he leant into his ear and said loudly, so the mic picked it up, but it was off mic. I will find you and fight you again. Yeah. Um, and then Joe said whatever security escort him out i did like samoa joe you know the respectful handshake and then being like to the back of the line with you security please escort this man out of the ring and then hook killed the security guards and, yeah. and walked out of the ring pissed off yeah i like the the beating up the security guards um and i really appreciate them doing this but for me you know i wanted that big follow-up yeah and this what was not as good as last week no and you need to keep building on it uh, I, there was a bit when he spoke, uh, you know, the sort of I lost, you won respect thing. 
and I just got this sudden flash of John Cena. Hmm. And I was like, I don't like even having that little echo in my head. So you also agree he's super Cena? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, like, Cena's faux military. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you won, I respect. The better man won. Go away, Cena. I've been thinking a lot about people saying, like, oh, I was just super Cena last week. Mm. And I'm like, no, super Cena won. <laughs> 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 Hook was a super Cena. Um, so, yeah, what did you think of the... Yeah, hook thing. I was like glad that they had Hook on the show because I said this on last week's podcast. Like, I, it's all about the follow up for me of like, what do you do to you? How do you capitalize on this great match and the sort of momentum you can build with with Hook here? And so I was glad that he was on the show, and I was glad that he had a segment with Samoa Joe. But it's like, what it more? It was a segment where I was like, well, I'm glad that happened. It wasn't good, but I'm glad that it mm. at least happened. Because that's better than doing nothing. But that's a really low bar. Yeah. And really what we should be asking for is, do that, but also good. <laughs> well, my suggestion was going to be, because I really liked how they focused on Wardlow, Swerve, and Hangman all getting matches and wins on this episode. Good ones as well. Yeah, I would have I had Hook not come out here. You just go into the Hangman page match. Later on, positioned in the same way as those three other guys, oh, here's Hook. He's been around the world title picture. He's pissed off. He was never beaten. He got, well, he was beaten, but he got choked out. You know, he wasn't mm -hmm. submitted or, or pinned. He's really tough. And he has a match against Brian Cage. Well, he's in the six-man. Well, you don't book that match. <laughs> <clears throat> you have Brian, and then you have that visual of Hook standing in front of Brian Cage. Brian Cage, who has like, you know, an intimidating, imposing physique like Samoa Joe does. So and a massive neck. And a huge neck. So he's kind of the proxy for Joe in this. And then Hook beats Brian Cage in five minutes. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, right. And you don't have Hook on the mic. Yeah. Because I think every time he speaks... A little bit of that magic. Goes away, yeah. yeah. I, the only reason I would, I don't think that's the way forward is because I don't think Hook's in the title picture anytime soon. Like, but pretend as though he is. Yeah, yeah, I suppose you could make that argument. But if they're not going to be doing anything with Hook, because I don't imagine he's going to be in a world title picture for another few months, maybe you know for the rest of this year, really. So they just, they're going to move him on into something else. So you don't want to almost tease the idea that he's going to still be in that world title picture without paying off on it. So now you can do some I don't know, training videos. I, just, I don't know what you do next with Hook. Do you put him into a TNT title picture once the Copeland Cage thing's wrapped up? Do you put him into the international title like maybe he's roddy's first uh feud once he beats cassidy for the title but then i don't want him to lose any more big ones i think now is the time well past to pull the trigger on hook in some regard and set him set them up for all these oh first title feuds and then you can lose tag titles then him and danhausen <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame because joe and hook was you know by the numbers great business did a good rating last week. They've got something here. Yeah. And yeah, it was oh. a suboptimal follow-up. Sorry, I, I now see what you're trying to say. You want them to introduce <laughs> another mid-card title that he can win. Now we're talking, <laughs> where's Ring of Honor? Surely they've got a, a few spare. They've got a TV title, right? Continental Classic. That's not until November. <laughs> Do it again. We all enjoyed it. <laughs> you do it in spring and in autumn. You do it every couple of months. Um, so yes, after that, Joe stayed out on commentary to comment, which was uh, by ringside. Yeah, slightly different setup. 
Yeah, they've done it every now and again, mm. just had the commentary down there. It's usually like if they're double taping that and collision, but I don't think it was the case this week. I made the rather cruel joke that it was to boost attendance numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Probably could have done with it, yeah. It's, like, it's amazing. You look at the numbers that they did for this, which weren't great. Mm. It was like 2,700 or something. But like the last time they were there, they didn't do great numbers either. I just don't think go there. Like, just, yeah. like, just not go to there anymore. Apparently their new COO, that's what they're doing. They're yeah. going to run major markets as opposed to these these B towns. Yeah. Oh, it's like Mark Shapiro in yeah. WWE. I'm not going to Bumble F nowhere anymore. Um, I, I don't usually, because it was weird, because it, it sounded like a loud crowd at points, and I could always see lots of people on shot. But the, the, the kind of sound felt echoey. That's exactly so like it. I could notice yes. that it wasn't full. That's it, because I noticed there were times when they were very quiet, but you're right, when they were loud, there was like a, it's a different sound mm. than you would expect from, you know, like a packed crowd that you would get Aurora Smackdown at the moment. Joe stayed out there for the first match, which was Hangman Page versus Penta, which was great. Awesome match. <laughs> Just like, I mean, all the stuff you think, yes, that, yeah. and really good. Yeah. It felt like old AEW. It's this sort of match where people on social media would go like, oh, we're so back. Mm. That is, <laughs> this is just a really it was a very good very physical match like Penta's a really reliable guy to put out in this sort of situation he's a, incredible within AEW that he does not win a lot but he's always seen as a credible person mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. beat even though kind of like Suzuki I don't think Suzuki's ever won a match in AEW I think he's won one I think he's seven and one but you bring in like he's, it comes with a bit of a legacy mm -hmm. and I think Penta has that same quality to him put out there it's like oh man beat the, uh, someone the quality of Penta. I was like, yeah, I, I saw him lose last week as well. Yeah, but he once had that match against Kenny Omega at All In. <laughs> oh, that's the one, yeah. It's such a shame. And you know, that one match against Sammy Callahan yeah. in TNA. I know exactly what you mean. And I'm just hearing, maybe try pushing the guy. <laughs> I don't know. I've been saying it for five years. Yeah. Uh, so, oh yeah, I just want to point this out. Penta did a really weird bottom rope springboard leg drop. Mm. Yeah, I thought it looked terrible. You can't get a lot of height <laughs> off the bottom rope there. I don't know how it's not going to hurt you. Well, well, maybe it's like fuel velocity. <clears throat> like you know when people do like, like Becky Lynch used to do her shallow running drop kicks. Uh -huh. So it's all about the momentum you get from it. Actually, hurts more than if it was like from high angle. Uh, the buckshot was counted into the fear factor. Joe on commentary here was really good. He initially he was quite arrogant, but then he got more and more concerned as the match went on. Mm. And then uh, Hangman hit the buckshot, which means he is 3-0 and oh this year because rankings are back there important. Seen Kim Patrick's been released by WWE. Wow. Yeah. They they really... <laughs> they really They were. really went hard with... The, I just thought it will go back to being a, an interview. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, apparently he's been uh, not only just removed from SmackDown, PW Insider said that he's also been released. Oh, well, it, it sometimes things don't work out. Sean Rossap was so like beautiful about this when he was asked about it on a Raw podcast, uh, a Fightful show recently. I think it was on the uh, Raw podcast. And he was just like, really nice guy. Mm. Very good at doing uh, football. Wrestling's not for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was a decent interviewer. You know, sometimes people are, Byron Saxton, sometimes people are good interviewers. Mm -hmm. and they're not good commentators. Yeah. So it's a shame that they he couldn't just go back but i guess there's a kind of feels like a progression doesn't it yeah. so once you've done the announcing i'm not an announcer i should get out yeah uh to stick with sort of all the world title picture matches later on we had trent versus wardlow 
This was because Wardlow's also positioned himself in contention. Wardlow comes out with the Undisputed Kingdom and that had a pretty competitive match with Trent, but a really well-worked one in yeah. that Wardlow never looked in jeopardy. Trent continued that aggressive streak he's had recently, even used a chair behind the referee's back. But Wardlow ultimately won with some kind of sick knee off the top rope GTS thing. Yep. Which I think he's done before. He's done now, before, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, was, that was back in like early uh, Wardlow yeah. AEW run. And then the hugest last ride. This is one of those last rides where when uh, Undertaker debuted it, uh, people were like, well, Austin ain't taking that. <laughs> but, you know, you can do it to the Hurricane yeah. and you can do it to like Scotty Too Hotty, but like, eh, I don't think The Rock's taking that move. But yeah, he like lifted him up, hoisted him above his head, turned around with him, like almost did a 360 and then just walloped him into the earth. It's such a smart idea because what's one of the more baby face parts of Wardlow's character? The Powerbomb. The Powerbomb Symphony. One more time. One more time. Now you have a way where the crowd can't cheer you because it's just one. Yeah. Then he pins it. Oof. It's, it's brutal really, as well. Really smart heel booking, I think. Um, and then later on, we had Swerve beat Jeff Hardy. Jeff it, Hardy getting the call up. In a match that was much better than it really needed to be. They they had a main event match. I think you said in your edited review that it felt like Jeff Hardy went out there to a point with a point to prove. Yeah. Because Tempest was talking about this in the office as well. He was like, he had a match with Darby Allen on Rampage that was so, so good and was like way better than it needed to be. Well, have you seen Jeff on social media recently? Yeah. And he's like, hey, why why don't I get any chances? I'm like, yeah. well, look at what happened the last time. You have to you. ask. Uh, the fact that you're asking makes me <laughs> more concerned. Have you have you looked at your Wikipedia page? The, the section of controversies is larger than accomplishments <laughs> at this point. But they, they they had a cracking match. It was a bit rough early, but and a Jeff Hardy match. <laughs> <laughs> we were watching the 2001 Royal Rumble on our lunch break today, and there's Matt and Jeff wrestling in there effing up every single thing they try and Tim was like it's not just because they're old they've always yeah. been like this I, I i really like this match because because jeff hardy tries so many weird things in these matches and always has done yeah and because of that he's innovative he comes up with things not everything sticks but swerve is also like that you know watching jeff in the early noughties it's like this doesn't he's running across the barricade yeah. he's doesn't wrestle like other people yeah and Swerve's exactly the same. He doesn't wrestle like anyone else I've ever seen. It's because they're they're backyard wrestlers, the Hardy mm. Boys. You know, they wrestled like they got their their training wrestling on trampolines in their backyard. Like they are backyard wrestlers at heart who got a massive break. Uh, Sw Jeff hit a twist of fate on the steel steps on Swerve. Turned into a wild brawl. Yeah. So it was really good. And ultimately, after kicking out of the um, the house call kick, that's what it's called. Swerve stomp for the win. Really, really good match. Great match. Yeah. Really good for a win for Swerve. I just want to... And, and it's nice to see a good performance from Jeff again. Yes, absolutely. Even, even though, you know, like, you've got to really treat him carefully because you never know what's going to happen. It was nice to see a, a good version of it. Jeff performances should be held at an arm's length. Yeah. Just being like, I'd... I'm glad that this happens. Don't get too invested. <laughs> don't, don't bring it in for an embrace just yet. Yeah. Uh, also, when Jeff came down to the ring, Matt was like, delete, delete. And Jeff was like, 
We're still doing this. <laughs> Go back and watch his entrance. It is the lowest effort yeah. sort of. He's like, no, nah, man, we should be doing this. <laughs> <laughs> this is even older. I've got to save you. Just let me do this. <laughs> I got to do my dance quick. <laughs> let me get my ass in. Uh, what I really liked mostly was afterwards. Hangman's being interviewed by Renee backstage. And just like Hangman keeps doing to other people, Swerve interrupted Hangman's interview. And there he's like, well, who's the last person to beat you, Hangman? It's Swerve. And Hangman has currently <laughs> line of the year. Luke wanted it to be the thumbnail to this video. This was my thumbnail originally. It was a picture of Hangman. And it just said, new year, new me, dumbass. And it was beautifully delivered. <laughs> Uh, Rene then revealed they'll be in Dealer's Choice matches next week where they both choose each other's opponents. Yeah. I think you said Mox for uh, for Hangman. Well, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Mox cut a great promo when he didn't need to on this episode. <laughs> yeah. Mox had such a good promo. And at the end of it, I was like, I'm not sure what the point of that promo was, but yeah. I, I really liked I it. I think the promo was Mox. That's the point of the promo. Um but yeah, I think Mox would... Why would you not choose Mox if you're Swerve? Yeah, that makes it a lot gets, of sense. It gets under yeah. Hangman's skin. It's going to be a bloody brawl. Mox is even more pissed off than usual. Yeah. It does... It, the trouble with the dealer's choice thing, it's like, why don't you just choose Wardlow? Why don't you just choose <laughs> Samoa Joe? Yeah. So if it's... If they need to be real big tests. Yeah, you want to have some big names mm. in there or like, you know, an outside name or something that you wouldn't expect to see. You know, like you put uh, a swerve in there with a a Darby Allen spiller, you know, with the history that they've got and yeah. or, or an outside name, someone from Swerve's past. That's why I mentioned Darby because they've got the history together. But, or, you know, someone who's got history with Swerve outside of those four walls that gets into his mind. Because the first name I thought of was Keith Lee. And then I was like, oh, but probably not going to be. It's never going to happen. Yeah, well, I, I mean, a, then, of course, there's, the, there's the health issues, but also B, they'll never book that match. You know? <laughs> or if they do, it will never happen. But that was the first, I was like, you want to have someone who character wise will get under swerve skin mm -hmm. as a choice as opposed to just being like penta it's gonna be ar fox yeah i guess i, hope, I, I love ar fox but hopefully not because they're, they're doing good stuff i said hook oh that's a fun one hook going against swerve yeah maybe even hangman interferes and hook wins that's all going to be dependent on whether you want to because you know it kind of brings us to our ultimate question of this is who is next for Samoa yes. Joe? I'm still kind of running with the theory, and I know that a lot of people have agreed with this in the, the chat before, of doing oh, some of those at the top dollar. You bring in AJ Francis. Oh my god, <laughs> that's not a bad idea. Actually, a really good shout. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you know, if you wanted, and I think a few people have gone down this direction, so I'm not unique in this. But the triple threat at Revolution, yeah. so you do Joe, Swerve, and Hangman, and you, you've talked about this in the past. Because the rev the main event of Revolution is going to be Sting and Darby Allen versus the Bucks. Mm -hmm. So you don't need to have like a killer world title program going into this because you've got your main event set. But you also want it to be a really good main event. So I think if you're going with Swerve and Hangman, yeah, just do both of them. Are you, are you, is that what you're still sticking? I, I, that's the most exciting version for me, mm -hmm. which is a testament to AEW's booking because usually I'm like, well, the, the best version of these things is often a, a singles feud. 
they've booked a really good multi-man feud here. It's kind of what we're talking about with the Royal Rumble and WWE mm. at the moment. It's like they've booked yeah. so many like big top names that you're like, oh, I could see a lot of these people winning the Rumble or I want to see those matches. I want to see Cody versus Punk. I want to see Punk versus Drew. I want to see Punk versus Seth, Cody versus Drew. I want to see all of these matches. And they're kind of getting that into AEW a little bit now. Not to the same degree, but certainly creating a number of top stars as opposed to just a handful. The reason I was smirking there was because I thought about the other thing at the Royal Rumble, which is definitely a singles match that also has two other blokes in. <laughs> it's the opposite of what we're talking about. It's Roman Reigns and Randy Orton, but you've got two other guys to take the pin. Yeah, he just looks at AJ Styles like, well, I'm not taking the pin. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops, if we're stopping to get gas. You will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want salon perfect nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. Right, so uh, let's get into your Omega chats. Please send them into wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them over five US dollars before the end of the show. Uh, Charles Berg has been a member for 32 months in a row. said, I'm still here and I still love you. I think Joe versus anyone because he can do something great with whoever is opposite him in the ring. But I do want to see Joe versus Danielson. Yeah, that'd be great. Danielson's clearly going into his feud with Eddie over the uh, the Continentals thing. Uh, AJ says, Hi, Luke and Ollie. Long time viewer here. I loved AEW when it started, but it seems like the excitement is going now. Samoa Joe as champion makes no sense. He's 44. Also, AEW and WWE both promote Suicide Squad uh, recently. I'm 31 today. Good rumble timing. Um, well, Chris Jericho was the first AEW world champion. Yeah. He was probably about 45, 46 at the time. Paul Roman. Uh, probably 
late 30s? Yeah, I'm sort of late 30s. 44 is old for historical standards. 38. But but these these days, that's kind of... That's a, that's the average age of your top star in WWE. Yeah. I don't, I don't think 44 is as old as it sounds like. <coughs> it's not, we're not living in an age where... We were actually talking about this earlier. Mick Foley retired in 2000. He was 35. That's mad. Uh, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Uh, Justin Reed has been in Menbug for 11 months in a row, said, Hook beat up some security cards. Someone call Mark Sterling. It's time for another <laughs> lawsuit storyline. That's how you get the feeling back. <laughs> Andy Sandbox. New year, new me, dumbass, was such a funny comeback. And Hangman just going out there and hitting two perfect buckshot larrets on Claudio, Claudio and then Penta. He's really excellent in 2024. I'm fully expecting a triple threat, Swerve and Hangman and Joe. Yeah, me too. Should we just do those two others? Uh, yes, absolutely. We can do. Uh, James Zinnerman here says, well, howdy, folks. I just don't think Sting wanted to be tag champions for that long. Even in TNA, when he won the world title, he would usually have short reigns. Plus, this will justify the Bucks uh this will justify the Bucks worrying. Use the EV credit to jump the line and get the title match. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is sort of, you said they, they should have won titles ages ago. Yeah, we'll get into that more when we discuss that yeah. segment and jared uh, lastly for now says i would kind of love suzuki to join the patriarchy he could be the grandpa of christian cage's family they would need to remind him to stop stretching nick wayne uh, cause because uh, he keeps mistaking him for a young lion can you imagine that family scene when they're all in the front room <laughs> and then there's murder grandpa in the corner oh that's great yeah kind of like the father ted Fa- i yeah. was gonna say it's father jack in the corner <laughs> literally about to say that Keep getting your Omega chats into WrestleTalk.com forward slash support while we get on with the play-by-play of the show. So we've done the sort of first segment and opening match. Then we cut backstage to Renee Paquette. She's with Orange Cassidy. (coughs) And, sorry, I had to host the news twice today and I've blown out my voice. Uh, Poor thing. The the file format was wrong. Uh, So Cassidy here says that it's okay to face strong at March 3rd's Revolution, but that's like six weeks away. Yeah, Orange Cassidy's promo here was like, guy's an idiot. Like, he's given me six weeks, so I guess I'll just defend this title against other people until then. Yeah, which totally fits with Cassidy's character. It makes the Undisputed Kingdom look absolutely pony. Unless it's a big master plan by Roderick Strong that Cassie just gets beaten down and beaten down and beaten down and beaten down so that when he gets to the pay-per-view, he's all broken mm. again. Yeah. I, I don't think that's the story they're telling. I literally just thought of that now being like, that's the only way I can write around this story. If if they were going to do that, you should have, Roddy should have just accepted his challenge last week when he was already not fresh. Oh, no, I, yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. I think Roddy probably should have been champion a while ago. Uh, I, I think they, they're really dropping the ball with the Undisputed Kingdom here. Hugely so. And uh, the more I say it, the more I cannot say it. <laughs> I thought when it when they first debuted, I was like, that's a good name. Mm. But now we're, we're a month in, and I still say Undisputed Era mm-hmm. or United Kingdom. <laughs> I never... I never first say what it actually is. Yeah. So anyway, he sets up a match for Rampage because he's looking for a new challenger. So it's like the freshly squeezed four-way. It's Kip Sabian, Commander, Butcher, and Vikingo. With Kip looking 
exactly like Dan Layton. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you want to do rampage spoilers on on who wins that four way? Uh, yeah. Just look away. Mute us for a bit. Mute us for you know twenty seconds or so. But yeah, rampage spoiler. Uh, Kip. Oh. Yeah, that's my reaction as well. I was like, oh. When they announced this match, I was like, oh, that's a Vikingo thing then. Yeah. You, do, you, do Sabi- uh, you do Cassidy versus Vikingo. That's a really fun match to compete against the Royal Rumble. My uh, hot take is that will be a really good match because Kip Sabian is actually awesome. Yeah. And he's very underrated. Really is. Uh, Cassidy had a funny line at the end. He's just like, I guess I'm going to help Trent now. He's facing Wardlow. Have you seen Wardlow? Oh, he's big. It's <laughs> a lot of meat on that guy. Matthew and Nicholas of the the Bucks. I love this That's gimmick. So I love this gimmick. I love they're wearing McMahon powder blue suits. You know, we didn't talk about it last night, the mustaches. It's a shame now the Vince mustache no longer exists, but it's there. And them being these like dickhead EVPs, the the last remaining EVPs is what they called themselves in this promo segment. With the last standing EVPs, it's <laughs> such a good line. It's so fun. When Alex Marvez walks up to them, I love that it's Marvez as well. Like that, a callback to the original commentator and then backstage mm. interviewer. He walks up to be like Matt and Nick, and Nicholas says, "Please." Call us by our passport names. <laughs> Is he going to come up with a different way of saying it each week? <laughs> and he was like, hey, have you heard about this place? Backstage morale is through the roof. We fixed catering. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then they walk down. They're like, well, you know, we've got a important EVP things to do anyway. And they walk down. They bump into top flight. Bearing in mind, they've only just arrived in the building. And they're like, hey, where have you guys been? Like, you know, why are you arriving to the building late? So I like, we've been here since one. They're like, well, why aren't you in your gear then? We're not wrestling. And they're like, no, nah, I'm just kidding. We love you guys. And as they're walking away, it's either Matt or Nick. She goes, we are killing this. Yeah. It's it's probably Nick because Matt Jackson, I think, is a fantastic promo. What I've really come to appreciate in the last year is Nick is a funny guy. <laughs> yeah. He has a bit later on when they cut back to him during the Sting Derby bit. <laughs> And it cuts to them. And, you know, they're not just watching backstage. They're producing the camera work backstage because they're the EVPs, remember? They've got their headsets on. They're looking at it. And Nick, under his breath, just goes, that's a terrible camera shot. <laughs> and it is so perfectly delivered. It also looks like they're not in gorilla position. Yeah. They're just in the locker room. They're not even like they're not even talking to anyone. Mm. Oh, it's so, I love, I'm really into this at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Uh, after that, we got a Suzuki and Adam Copeland video package. And then we got what was actually quite a achievement in in-camera mm-hmm. special effects. Yeah. Diona Perazzo comes out, sits live on the top of the ramp, the top of the stage. She's with Renee Paquette. And then Tony Storm comes out to sit opposite her for this interview. And they, in one shot, have black and white on one side for Tony Storm and Diana Perazzo on the other. Yeah. Have you seen, what's that movie, Pleasantville? With Brandon Fraser? Br- Brandon Fraser? Brendan Brendan Fra- Fraser. Brendan Fraser. Put some respect on the name of Brendan Fraser. He was in Airheads, my good man. <laughs> His most famous movie. Yeah. But yeah, I just, it was really, really good stuff. I thought this was really cool. Mm. I was very impressed with this. And 
I thought they actually had a pretty good promo segment back and forth as well. Like, because you had Diana Perazzo as super serious looking to try and find that Tony Storm, the Tony Storm that she knows, the Tony Storm from the dojo, which is kind of what she was talking about last week. And it was kind of complemented by goofy Tony Storm with her goofy lines. I'm going to like give you an epidural. You should take that tattoo and stick it up your butthole and all this sort of stuff. She had a fantastic line um, because Diana Perazzo said that she's been body shamed a lot online. And Tony Storm says, well, you, you shouldn't be body shamed. There's so many other things to shame you about. <laughs> Tony Storm is, is also another very funny. Yeah. These, these are great lines. I've been saying this as well, because like, also keep your eye on Mariah May in the background. Mariah mm. May's doing fabulous work like behind whatever Tony Storm is doing on screen. I, guess she's just, I think the whole act is works. I think it works more than it doesn't. There are some times when the timeless Tony Storm thing doesn't work. And you know I've talked about this in the podcast yeah. a lot. There are times when it just it doesn't work. But when it does work, it's really, really good. It's a it's kind of like a 60-40, maybe 70-30 gimmick for me at the moment. But yeah, she's like, uh, I wanna I didn't just come here to win the title. I didn't come here to make friends. I came here to win the titles because I what I look at that is a former friend mm. in you, because I don't even recognize you anymore. And I know who you are, and I know who you know I am, because of this. And Fiona Prazza reveals on her like calf, she's got a tattoo. And Tony Storm looks down, and she's got the exact same tattoo in the exact same place. That was a really nice detail. Yeah, and it has it has opened up more of a personal element to this. On first glance, it's a very cartoonish story, and it it also reframes Tony's character into she's lost her mind. Yeah. No, before in my head and how I've received it, she's that she, that's who she is. She is a Hollywood actress. But now it's like, no, she's had a mental breakdown for some reason. I think that's always been the, the yeah, character. Yeah. She had a mental breakdown. Like th that was the thing with Shida was mm. like, I wanted to be history, but you took that away from me. So I made myself history. Yeah. I'd yeah, I guess they never made more of that. It was yeah. just a one line to explain. Because then she this. just became like, yeah. yeah, she was just being a bit sort of mad and stuff. And now she is just gone full 50s movie starlets mm. I, I oh 30s movie starlet i mean i i thought this was was a very very good segment and in the end they sort of had a bit of a brawl and uh diana Prazo laid out luther stood tall with the title yeah and um a segment or two later we had john morrison what's his name currently johnny tv johnny tv and i guess tv valkyrie <laughs> tire valkyrie yeah tv is, do you think that's what it is? That's her, well, those are our initials. Well, I know those are our initials. You, and you think that's why he's called Johnny TV? I don't know. <laughs> what? So his name's Johnny Tyre Valkyrie? Well, that, that's what I'm asking you. That's what you just said. <laughs> I, don't, I was just looking for connections. Okay. Also, <clears throat> I can't look at him now. About five years ago, maybe longer than this, maybe six years ago, Laurie did a video where he called him Johnny Pornhub. <laughs> It's like it's just whatever he's into at the time, yeah. and like every time I look at it, it, was like I write in my notes, Johnny Pornhub. Well, he was maybe he's called TV because he was certainly into TV here. <laughs> they were they were snogging each other's faces off. They yeah. went full edge, later tonguing down each other's throats, and suck the soul out of each other's bodies. Yeah, but it was all to to set up Tyre Valkyrie. She's gonna have a match with Diana Prazo. Yeah, but by by the way, on the Prazo Storm feud, I'm enjoying the build and what they're doing. There's part of me that can't fully commit to it because I've seen this happen loads of times in AEW's women's division. Someone debuts, they get built up, and then they lose their, their first title shot. 
and then there's nothing. Well, with Ty Valkyries, yeah. literally right there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I was going to mention. It's the exact same thing. Uh, although, you know, it's there's all these sort of, you know, rumors and scuttlebutt that they kind of put more of a focus on the women's division, mm. as much as AEW can, which is, you know, <laughs> <laughs> one match and a segment. Um, but it's because Mercedes is going to be coming in, spending a lot of money on Mercedes because she is demanding a massive contract to the point where, like, as is currently reported, WWE are like, no, like, no, we're not. We want you back, but not that much. Uh, but Tony's quite happy to pay that because it thinks you'll get a good return on investment. Mm. To that point, collision, two women's matches. Hot damn. Hot dog. It'll be the second time as well of two women's matches on collision. Just before that, uh, we had that Moxley promo. Just a minute pre-tape. <laughs> it's just the best promo on the show. It is. And I was, I've written here, it's like, John Moxley cuts a promo. Um, he's going to murder Lee Moriarty on Rampage. Yeah. I know... Th- Throughout the entire episode, there was a real concerted effort to let you know what matches are coming up next week, this week, when live shows are coming to your area. Mm. It's got to be a response to, you know, these live event tickets not really shifting. Yeah. And one theory behind that is AEW's not doing enough to promote when shows are in your local area and they're not telling you what wrestlers are going to be on those shows to make you go and buy a ticket yeah the reports have been like from people in these areas they're bad at local advertising yeah. there are people been like look i've got a ticket for the show because i watched dynamite but i'm in the area and i didn't know that this show was on because they just don't tell anyone then we had the swerve and hardy match we've already covered and the hangman backstage interview then we got thunder rosa versus red velvet which was the only women's match on the show but it did feel like there was more women's presence because overall there were three sort of different segments spread out through the show and key to it is they were spread out because mm. usually they they confine yeah. them all to that the quarter hour uh it's nice to see thunder rosa back very slow at the start i thought uh i like red velvet as well oh yeah they're, they're you know it was a fine match fine match crowd were very quiet for it uh after the match when uh rosa won she wanted a match with tony storm yeah she sort of said that to the camera mm-hmm. but then the camera did not linger on it at all and it was like, here's the Savannah Bananas <laughs> at ringside. It's like, who the who are the Savannah Bananas? I have a blues clue. From what I can, from my brief Google, mm. they are like the glo- the Harlem Globetrotters of oh. baseball. Oh, I see. Because baseball's so boring that they need to get you know <laughs> actors in to make it interesting. Because that doesn't make sense with basketball. Because basketball's quite exciting, but baseball's well boring. Yeah. Well, basketball is. <laughs> <laughs> Well, basketball is interesting because, you know, the Looney Tunes play it. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and, like, they're really good at it. Um, but yeah, I don't think they ever did baseball. In fact, actually, the, the plot of Space Jam is <laughs> baseball's well boring. Michael Jordan should play basketball Michael again. Jordan sucked <laughs> at baseball. Uh, so next up, we've got Tony Schiavone introducing Sting, Sting and Darby Allen. Darby did a little monologue on Sting. It was quite nice. When Sting came in, he went round his house. He revealed, Sting, you can still go. And Sting's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Why won't people let me wrestle? Have you not seen my TNA run? I know I can go. <laughs> but it give me a t-shirt, you give me a crowd, I'll yeah. brawl all the way through there. And Darby said, well, the rankings are back. And there's something like 37 and 0. Yeah, since they, yeah. They've they're never... undefeated. Yeah. So they're like, so give us a tag title shot. Yeah. And then we cut backstage. We get Matthew and Nicholas this shot as well. And then Big Bill and Ricky Starks are also in a backstage promo segment. And they go, yeah, yeah, okay. Like, Yeah, because Ricky was like, 
your first match in AEW was against me and a tag partner that I didn't like, but now I'm with a tag partner I do like, so I'll make sure you don't even make it to Revolution. Yeah, a, a valiant effort at uh, trying to create a story about this seemingly hot-shotted thing, I, which to, someone asked about it earlier, I don't understand, because they they knew Sting was going to retire back in October. Mm -hmm. They announced that with the back in October that Revolution will be his last match. Yet it feels like they're scrambling to get the titles onto them now. Yes, the Golden Jets are supposed to be the tag champions. Yeah, but the, that we knew about that in December, didn't we? So yeah, so what I'm saying is I don't think they were ever going to have the tag titles involved in this story, but then the Golden Jets thing has fallen apart. Now like well, I guess we can move the tag titles to this story instead. In, 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 well, we can move the tag titles to this story instead. I agree. Then let's have, rather than go through that whole thing with Jericho, Sting, Darby Allen, they go against... But... Yeah, but Jericho needs something to do. <laughs> <laughs> just, just imagine, imagine a world where Sting and Darby Allen have won the tag titles a couple of weeks ago, like first, second week of January. Yeah, the, the and... homecoming episode. Mm. And then Tony Schiavone's like, well, who's going to face you in your final match, tag champion Sting? I'm like, oh, I don't, don't know who it could be. And the Young Bucks walk out, rather than us all going, well, it'll be a great match. We'll be like, oh, great. The Bucks are back. They've got a new persona. They're going for the tag belt. And it's going to be a great match. It's Sting's final one. Your story doesn't involve Chris Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's where it's falling apart slightly. I've said my piece, <laughs> and you're gonna, you're gonna get it. I get it. You're gonna get your jokes in. I know you feel the same way as me. I do. I agree. I 100% agree. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Orange Cassidy and Roderick Strong are trying to. Should I? It's seven weeks of build <laughs> for this thing. That's re we could have done this in one week. Yeah. Could have been an email. <laughs> Uh, the Mogul Embassy took on the acclaimed, um, but not before we got the best entrance in wrestling for Bullet Club Gold. Yeah, this is rad. I watched it three times. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not, you know, obviously they've done this before, but now they've got the belts. Yeah. The way they go round. Even though they're belts that mean nothing. Yeah. Like, it just looks good. Um, they were just out there to sort of be backups for their new best friends the acclaimed i guess they sat at the top of the ramp because they weren't at ringside no i that i'll presume the same thing as well they weren't shown there either um, but they came out for the entrance with the acclaimed and then the acclaimed had a match with the mogul embassy nana tried to get involved that's when uh, bullet club gold came down to kind of cut that off a little bit so uh jay white stopped um uh who did he stop with it? bishop Khan. yeah I thought it was Toa that he stopped with the chair. Oh, no, it was oh. Bishop Kong, wasn't it? Yeah, so he stopped Bishop Kong using the chair, and then the guns put Nana through a table at ringside, and then the acclaimed hit their series of finishes for the win. It was a fiery finish mm. from the from Jay White and like, stopping the interference, and then the yeah. Billy Gunn sequence. I, I think the match picked up in its final third when mm. everyone just got in and hit moves on each other. I, I said this on uh, Collision as well, but I'll just decide to repeat it in a short form here. I like the idea of the bang bang scissor gang i love this idea of the super group but they've forgotten why they got together in the first place which is the undisputed kingdom <laughs> oh you're right like they got together 
because they both hated the undisputed kingdom and wanted to get revenge on them. They did. They did that one that one episode where they chased them away. Oh, and that's it. Oh they, yeah. Well, you know, they chased them, didn't they? <laughs> and then they were like, "Huh, maybe we should be. Why can't we be friends?" Because yeah. on the promo on Collision, when they suggested, they were like, "Hey, if we get together, we could win loads of titles." And I'm like, "Why do you?" I guess that's great, but you got to, you wanted to get revenge on these other lads here. Mm-hmm. Why are we why are we they not the focus? Why is this come why is this group that was the main storyline of AEW for the final three months, the final six months of last year, not the main story anymore? Yeah. Yeah. That first episode of the year, me and Pete sat here, we were like, 2024. It's gonna be the undisputed kingdoms year. Three weeks later, we're like, nah, they're just there. Yeah. Just a bunch of guys. Very generic. I Just to give a sort of bit of fancy booking, because I didn't really think of that. You're totally right. But I am really into this storyline for, for whatever reason. I think it's mostly Jay White. Jay I just White. love Jay White. And I, I feel like we're going in the direction where we're going to have this friendship. And then, of course, Jay White's going to turn on the acclaimed and try and win the AEW trios titles. That's the only reason he's been playing nice. But Austin Gunn thought they were doing it because they were getting back with his dad. Which would be nice because you can do, I think I think we pitched uh, last week, you do a title unification. Mm-hmm. Like you do that at Revolution. Yeah. The acclaimed versus Bullet Club Gold. Uh, after that, we got a little video package for Serena Deeb. Looking forward to her return. Just sort of added to that whole vibe that uh, AEW's women's division is getting a bit more fleshed out. Because Perazzo versus Deeb is a mouth-watering technical bout. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we got our super weird main event. <laughs> you got that DLC <laughs> for your new video game. How do you feel about Adam Copeland versus Minoru Suzuki? Weird. Like, it didn't look like it should be happening. Yeah. But I also thought... It felt strange as well. Yeah, but also... I, I've, I'm really happy it happened. That's it. Because when I was watching it, I was like, this is so cool for Adam Copeland. Because mm. you think about it, it's not like Danielson. Like when you did Danielson versus Suzuki, you're like, oh, this is cool. And it, it's ama- It's kind of cool. It's amazing this is happening. But Danielson also had wrestled on the indies. He'd done a stint in, in New Japan Pro yeah. Wrestling. Adam Copeland has wrestled his entire career in WWE. So all of a sudden now he's taken, even he stepped outside of those four wars. You're like, oh, him against the New Japan guy. This is, I just never thought I would ever see mm-hmm. something like this. So it's a, it's a bizarre visual. I, this match was rad as well. Like it's a, for only it went nine and a half minutes or so, but it was great. It, it had that Copeland edge layout that I'm a real big fan of. I, just, I think the way he structures matches is so cool. From the the choke which got it outside, and then Edge just forced him through the barricade. They had a little brawl in what was quite a noticeably empty part <laughs> yes. behind the hard cam. Don't highlight it. <laughs> well, they did. They, they only ever shot one way. Well, I was going to say, brawl into the hard cam side yeah. where there's more people. And um, the, the sort of sudden exposed turnbuckle, the, the fight back and forth on the, the on their knees, the spear into the Fujiwara armbar. Yeah. You know, this, is, this was all really good stuff. My favourite spot was when Edge did hit a spear, cover kick out at two and then edge is like oh my god what do i have to do behind him murder grandpa sits up laughing yeah and unfortunately the camera didn't quite get it that's a great spot and then he gets copeland in the choke yeah it's just for me although you know i say all that it felt like less than the sum of its parts Mm. and i'm not really saying that as a criticism i just think 
these two styles, even though they put on the best performances they they have, didn't doesn't quite work for me. Okay, that's yeah. interesting. I mean, for, this worked for me. I, I really, I liked this match more than I thought I was going to. Um, in terms of like, I I think Copeland is either really really great or like okay. Mm. And then there Suzuki is he Suzuki. You have Suzuki go out there and he has a Suzuki match. And I was like, I don't know how Copeland ties into all yeah. of this, how that fits. I thought it fit really good. I thought like this was a great performance from Copeland. I really enjoyed his intensity, like the forearm strikes. It felt like he was like, I'm just going to go out and have like, some New Japan strong style stuff. And after the match, like he gets the win, he hits the unprettier and gets the win on, you know, sending a message out to Christian Cage, hits Murder Grandpa with the unprettier for the win. And he cuts a promo after him. He's like, oh, damn, I've never been hit that hard before. Mm. And I thought, I, I had a great time with this. Yeah, he also he also goes to shake Suzuki's hand, and Suzuki makes that noise I made at the start of the show, Rawr! and he's like, "No, not happening." Uh, and Edge says, "Well, I would have been kind of disappointed if he shook my hand," <laughs> <laughs> which was fun. And they showed a shot of Christian watching backstage. <laughs> I don't know this for certain, but this feels like the exact same shot they had of Christian when he was smiling after they announced. Um, something else on a show it was like someone's like was it when the Von Eriks were going to be there and they uh cut to him smiling it looked like the exact same shot I don't think Christian was there at all it looked like stock footage (laughs) Uh, I totally agree if if they did like that he was actually there it really looks like it wasn't But um, <laughs> when did the archives Christian, comma, TV, yeah. enter? Oh, we've already got a shot like this. We'll just insert that there. I really hope now Matthew and Nicholas Bucks, whenever they start telling people to cut, just use the Christian shot. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not here. Just just use the Christian the shot. shot. It's okay. Uh, overall, I gave this 80%, I think, like a four out of five show. Some of the wrestling was really, really enjoyable, but nothing progressed to the extent where I would consider this uh, a sort of up to more recent standards. I would agree. I It's a weird show in that I think this is a four out of five show that was actually a three out of five show. So I see what I mean. Like yeah. the wrestling was dead good. I really enjoyed Hangman Penta. Swerve and Jeff was great. I really enjoyed Wardlow. I loved the Tony Storm Deanna Perazzo segment. That main event was rad. But this was a three out of five show. So it's like a four out of five in ring, but a three out of five overall. But I think, I think I, that's fair. And it ties into a lot of, you're right, like it didn't feel like it was a, a big time show. We haven't got any Pledgehammer shoutouts for you today, but please do go and support us over at patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk. Because not only will you get a Survival Series Thunderdome exclusive edition, Luke and I just finished recording our brand new video version of WrestleTalk Extra. We are starting a brand new era of WrestleTalk Extra. We've been doing this show now for about seven years. And one of the things that people have asked us for, the two things that people have asked us for, is video versions and continuous pay-per-views. Because what we do is usually would review an old show picked at random. Mm -hmm. Let's see what show we're going to do this week. Now we're going to be doing a continuous storyline. We're starting with Royal Rumble 2014. And our first arc, uh, arc story arc we're looking at is the breakup of the Shield. 
So we're doing Rumble 2014. We're going to be looking at Extreme Rules 2014, Money in the Bank 2014, leading all the way up to Hell in a Cell 2014. And Royal Rumble 2014. Wow. It's not just about the breakup of the Shield, the first sort of real tease that there's, or first spot, I would say, that there's uh, dissension in their ranks. But it also has that Cena Autumn match where the whole crowd turn on it. Yep. Before Boring. the match even started, this match, the crowd were like, oh, no, we're going to kill this match. It has Rey Mysterio, not Daniel Bryan, coming out at number 30, and CM Punk's last in-ring performance for WWE for 10 years. Yeah. Do you know what it also has? Sunday! Sunday! Brock Lesnar's build for the Big Show match. Uh, get in the rest of your odd chats. Ding, ding, ding. This is your last call. Restalk.com forward slash support. Jesse here says, just wanted to pop in and thank you for getting me back into wrestling after eight years or so. Do you think Rampage will have bigger stars on now because they have to pad the ratings? What do you mean pad the ratings? In terms of trying to improve the ratings somewhat. Like if they're trying to get into, you know, a, a you know, renegotiation with WBD. I feel like the last, that like this year, this month so far, they have feels like more of an effort on Rampage. Mm-hmm. Darby versus Jeff last week. Yeah, Mox is on, Mox the show, is yeah. on this this Friday's show. So you're probably right. Yeah, Andy Sandbox here said it's horrible. I got stuck in my head the tune of Coca Cabana to the Cope Open. It's the Copa <laughs> Copa Cope Open. On a serious thought, we are six weeks out from Revolution. Generally, we hear complaints that AEW doesn't build much, but it's fair to say that Revolution seems to be a pay per view that's getting a lot of build up every year. A lot of talk about the pay per view being six weeks out from the show, and a lot of stuff is lining up for it, which is what people want is is six weeks too much well weirdly it's technically a pay-per-view that has been built since october because the main thing about it is sting's final match Mm -hmm. and that has been very very successful for them because i think the show's actually sold almost sold out it's it's like a handful of tickets left. yeah and that's been the case for a while purely on sting it's a really it could be a one match card so everything they're doing now, presumably, is to increase the pay-per-view buys. They had a really good showing with World's End. Yeah. They did really well there. This will be Joe's first test as world champion on pay-per-view. So I think I, I, I think it's more indicative of AEW have gone for New Year, New Me, dumbass. <laughs> and they're like, right, let's get back to basics. Yep. What is good wrestling booking? You book stuff in advance and you let people know about it. Webster 180. They wanted to bring the Bucks back earlier. Then they wanted the st- uh, they want no, then they wanted for Sting's retirement. I imagine they wanted the Bucks to come back and hot shot to the titles. The Bucks are winning the world titles at Revolution. EVPs taking control of the division. Yeah, I definitely think the Bucks are winning. Me too. Um, Ajaz here said, "Ollie, you need to follow the rules of Jericho." If Jericho is not involved in it somehow, then it's not a big story. Also, I take back my Samoa Joe comment. I meant that the rub from MJF should have gone to build a younger star, but this can work. I don't, wrestling booking-wise, MJF was a young star. Typically, a young star putting over, even though like someone at MJF's level putting over another young star isn't actually as effective. Yeah. Um, 
So, yeah. An unknown username here. It's a Streamlabs issue. Please do let our moderators know they can update us. I uh, said it was a good show, but if Jeff is Jeff going to turn heel, I'll need to hear one of the TNA themes he wrote for himself. Also, I will twist your lips so hard you'll need an epidural. Took me a while to get, but I hope it's a sign they'll book the women better. You, you know what? I don't get it. What's an epidural? Well, I think it's the it's it's not the not the lips on her uh, face. An epidural is childbirth related. Yeah, right. Didn't get that. Yeah, cool. It's the it's a good line. It's the second week in a row where she's made a vagina joke mm-hmm. after <laughs> sucking her right in the dick. Sucking her right in the. <laughs> <laughs> has been a member for 29 months in a row said i love joe's character love the multiple challenges but i'm hesitant with the rankings because they might just give up after a few months what do you what do you, we didn't talk about this earlier do you make of the rankings coming back i fear they are an albatross around the neck which is crazy because back in the the doom days before aw launched i was always like where are rankings why can't we have rankings? Why can't we have league tables? Why can't we have this, that, that? And then actually experiencing rankings in AEW for the first few years of their existence was an incredibly frustrating process. And then I was like, oh, but but TNA also did this back in the day. And that was frustrating too. And then I started to realize, well, is this a thing because... TNA was bad or a rankings just never really able to sustain themselves. Hello, Pete. Um, Kevin Patrick has been released by WWE. We, yeah, we saw oh, about that earlier. Yes. Yeah, we all talked about that earlier. <laughs> all right. I just got Tempest just told me. Yeah. Well, I'll go tell him. Oh, that happened earlier in the day, mate. Thanks, Pete. Got that. But thank you, Pete. Yeah, thank- you're not, you're not going to get me again. <laughs> I've recorded the news already. It's live. He did it twice today. <laughs> uh, I agree with you on the, the rankings thing. Uh, we were talking about this. It was really weird. We had this big conversation in the office earlier, and Dan Layton was arguing, was like, but this now gives me a reason to get invested in AEW matches. And I was like, Dan, they had that before. Mm. It's just they never called them the rankings. It's just when you won the things, you then got title matches. He was like, but, but now I know. Now there's like a quantifiable thing I can attach to it. Yeah. I also don't think it's going to last very long because fans will just kick off about it. Because that's what happened the last time the rankings. Like every time they put them up, fans just it doesn't make any sense. I don't like it. The only difference I can see here this time, though, is what they did announce is that it's monthly. Last time they did mm. it, it was a weekly rankings. Every Wednesday they put the new rankings out. I think on a monthly basis, that might be easier to manage. Yeah, I hope so. I just, I, I keep getting, I don't know how you answer the question of the weight of the rankings. Yeah. Because why would Action Andretti beating Dante Martin count the same? As... But it, it never did. Because that's what they answered with the original rankings was. It wasn't just your win, it was the quality of your win. So like Hangman Page beating Penta oh, was a, was better than them beating, like him beating this Dante. Sounds com- too complicated. <laughs> we'll see how they do. The C2 was an enormously enjoyable experience. Yeah. Um, but of course, like we we said it would be going in. Yes. Let's, let's see how it goes. Hopefully they've figured out a way to do it. Do you see Alvarez on uh, Brian and Vinny? No. Said, do you know why they got rid of the rankings in the first place? My man Punk. CM Punk. Yeah. There's, there's apparently the reason why they got rid of the rankings, because Punk didn't like him. So they just dropped him. 
well, he's, he's right. <laughs> <laughs> like a lot of things. Yeah. Like, maybe don't use the glass, Jack Perry. Ah, cry me a river. Tell me when I'm telling lies. <laughs> Matthew where is the lie? <laughs> Matthew Ruck here said, not AEW related. Hope they crown Cody at Mania this year. Roman is gone, then returns at the Royal Rumble in 2025. Rock also returns at number 30 and eliminates Roman. Roman in a frenzy eliminates Rock, and they do Rock versus Roman at 41. It never needed to have the title to feel special. Uh, I hear a lot of Copeland. <laughs> <laughs> I've been saying it for months. Roman's winning. And maybe now it's not even against Cody. <laughs> Uh, you've, uh, I think some someone came in. Oh, I do apologize. Uh, we have also got. Did it? Who's Ryan V. Ryan V. I don't have that one. Hello, guys. Definitely feels like AEW is going in the right direction. Question for you guys is: Do you oh, think yeah. having milestones in the ranking system will add interest? Let's say ten wins in a row gives you a chance to face another guy with the same streak. Just kind of covered that. Yeah, I think that kind of adds more steps onto it mm. uh, than perhaps it needs. Like I think it just needs the wins and losses matter. If you win stuff, then you go up the rankings. If you lose, you go down the rankings. Uh, Mayor of Painsville Dan says, "Hi Luke, hi Ollie. Hope you're doing well. First AEW Dynamite I missed in quite some time, but you know what? I won't miss." WXW 16 karat gold 2024 this March in Oberhausen Germany you guys should come around for some fun it would be fun um, but it's the busiest time of year for us Dan we don't have time I, I you know what that's it's a missable episode oh this was yeah I enjoyed it a lot but you could have missed this episode you could watch next week's and you'd be up to date yeah I agree uh, Kid Cuddy here says uh, kind of mid show this week uh, so I'll just switch up my ultra tats shout out to Trick Mellow Gang for their storyline I'm ready for the Royal Rumble who would you guys pick to win if you could regardless of their position in the company Santos for me oh. Gunther yeah he's the best wrestler in the company I, you know the Sports Illustrated article we don't know how real it is but that's what I, I think. Jesus, it's a, it's a good idea. Gunther, Gunther winning, winning yeah. and then squashing Rollins at Mania to headline Bash in Berlin. What was my three count pick? My three count pick for Gunther was double champ Mania. Yeah. Because I the idea of him holding up both belts at WrestleMania. I, He's my guy. I'd go for Gunther as well. After last year as well. Yep. Gordon. Come out at number 30. I've, I've, my pitch is still for him. Him and Cody, one and two. I think Cody number one, Gunther comes out at 30, roles reversed. Could do it that way. I just want Gunther to beat his own record. Oh, the heat. <laughs> the heat on Gunther if he eliminates Cody from the Rumble. Yeah. And then you've got a challenger for... Like, it's exciting stuff. It is. That's this coming Saturday. We're going to do live reactions to it over on the Rest Talk News channel. Uh, Gordon here says, can we just hear, I'm an ass man, at least one more time this year. Also glad to see Ollie back and in good health on my screen. Uh, more than our tribal chief. Acknowledge Ollie. <laughs> jam that jam. I don't thank you very much. I don't think we've got that as a clip anymore. We No, we don't. I, I can always put it into the, the system to update it a little Pete's bit. I think destroyed all <laughs> digital copies. No, I found it because we put it in a, a TLC episode. <laughs> Old Whitney, uh, Pete did say, was like, you'll never find it. I was like, Adam, I'll help you. <laughs> Martial Arts here. Hey guys, jump into the stream while you're talking about Tony Storm. I just wanted to use this opportunity for a cheap plug. The debut show of my all-women promotion, Fury, the uh, Wild Korean Cup, is live on WXW now. Check it out. Also soon is Carrot Weekend. Lots of love. 
what a journey Marcel Arts has been on. You know, he's been watching us for a while, chatting him for ages, and in that time he has started his own promotion and is now broadcasting shows on WXW's platform. It's Very proud of you, Marcel. Absolutely. J-Man said, Is it just me, or is it annoying Adam Copeland cuts promos after his matches while very out of breath? I don't need him telling me he's coming for Christian Cage after the match he has. <sighs> yeah, but <coughs> I think... um. I think you needed that. Otherwise, that was a total exhibition match. At mm. least you tied in at the end. By the way, there's this feud. Yeah, but I do agree with like the <sighs> I just Christian had a match. Christian, he didn't do that. The Rock's facing Christian. <laughs> there was less of like, and America's great. <laughs> um, and a note from our moderator John here. Bugs Bunny did star in Baseball Bugs, directed by the legendary Fritz Freeling, and called Bugs at his best post-World War II. And of course, baseball is not boring. They left that to cricket. <laughs> the problem there, John, is that I know you've tried to do that as a slight dig against cricket, but I think cricket's more boring than baseball. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, you need to come at me with a sport that I think is exciting mm. in order to get under the skin. Uh, and congratulations to Ash, who's become a new member! Thank you. Right, let's see what the poll said. Oh yeah, the poll. <laughs> got a po a po a po a po I'm thinking of blood on the clock tower not, um, not teletubbies <laughs> 64% thumbs up 28 mid 6% thumbs down yeah pretty uh, yeah that's that's fair it's like the least best episode of the year but still a really enjoyable two hours of TV go check out our Royal Rumble predictions they went live yesterday here on this very channel and then this coming Saturday we are live at the Long Arm Pub and Brewery in Shoreditch in London doing our live reactions for the Royal Rumble go check that out over on the Rest Talk News channel give us a subscribe enable notifications to know when we go live I cannot wait mm. then you're going to be doing a news episode about the Royal Rumble your review uh -huh. I'll be covering all of the news coming out of the Royal Rumble and then we'll be back behind this desk on Sunday reviewing the rumble in full yeah so no smackdown podcast on saturdays no uh, anymore no thank you all so much for joining us i've been luke owen dad that has been ollie davis jam that jam Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.